Welcome back to Stay in the Loop with Lucy and this series related to online dating termed the online dating compendium. I'd love to introduce you to Hannah. Her positivity is infectious and yet even for Hannah there are some things that have become quite frustrating about the online dating scene over the last two decades of being in that world. So I'm 34 now and I like to remind people all the time that I've been dating for two decades because (laughs) I started dating when I was like 15. But so online dating, I started in 2013 and obviously it hasn't been consistently since 2013, but off and on every few months or whatever phase or period is happening in my life. And I think Tinder started in 2013, um, actually 2012, 2013, but it was just very fresh and very new back then. I feel like I've got so much to say about it. There's been massive changes in the way that um, dating's kind of evolved. I would say often the responses you get have to do a lot with what you're putting out, but even on that scale, like, so if we go, okay, right back to the beginning, just even before... um, before the online dating thing kicked off, and actually I'll go with apps because they're quite different to online because online websites are more, you know, you put a lot of time into it. You write these like lengthy profiles and you get to know someone and have like a pen pal situation. Whereas these apps were like, I'm available, you're available. Let's see if we um, click and go on a date or, you know, some people want to hook up. So that's totally fine. I was very much like from the age of about um, 13, I used to go online a lot and meet people um, on the internet, just in chat rooms and whatever. And for me, it was the first time that I like felt I connected with people. I felt like I was heard and I was seen and I was able to make contact because I feel like the way we presented ourselves in, in everyday life was more so, um, especially my generation, so people that were born in like the late 80s and probably early 90s, we had developed ways of like keeping people out. We're very withdrawn. We didn't used to speak to people out on the street, let alone at parties or school or whatever. It was very much like reclusive. And I was just reflecting on the difference between myself and say my parents' generation. And my parents are only 20 years older than me. They're not like really old. Um, But they would always talk to their neighbours and talk to people on the street and engage in the community. And they were, even though, you know, like no generation's perfect, they were much more like just engaged and interactive. So like I remember, like even now you'd kind of, people my age, you know, in their 30s, maybe even 20s, we avert eye contact. It's awkward to speak to the neighbours. It's awkward to like strike up friendships and all of that. But um, so when it came to, you know, say 2012, 2013, and these apps came along, people just jumped onto them. Everyone was like so excited that they were there. And I remember there being a real like an eagerness from both men and women to, and in all kinds of relationships to actually meet and to catch up and to date. And you'd maybe get like the odd one that was like, hey, baby, do you want to, like, you know, catch up for a hookup or whatever? But it was, like, I'd say less than 10%, 5% of the um, the interactions. What I've realised, and just to come right out and look at the, like, say, 10 years now that I've been online, is that 
that level of eagerness and wanting to meet has become really, really jaded and people feel really defeated in it. Like, and I think what's happened is the disposable nature of things have kind of cheapened everything, whereas, like, from what looked like a surplus or, like, a large amount of potential or possibilities and, you know, I guess, you know, so going back six, seven, eight plus years ago, people were going, all right, there's there's interested parties who would want to date, who would want to be in a relationship. There's not that awkward thing where we've hooked up and then one person wants to catch up and the other one doesn't, but there's all these potentials here. But because of the volume of potentials and the disposableness of the apps, everyone, I think, just kept almost like adjusting their standards or what they wanted and maybe perhaps going into calculation because there was like, oh, all right, well, I can get this person that ticks all my boxes and if it doesn't work out with them, there's another 20 people. Like, And so the disposable nature of it made, made you kind of seem that you could just kind of get rid of people, but then it becomes really, um, you know, I think we kind of create our own mess because then we get into a place where we're like, I keep disposing of everyone and there's no one left. <laughs> So have you had any what you would term as successes? Have you met any people that you felt you did want to connect with online? Yeah, of course. And I definitely did. And I think it's so funny just the way that um, what I've been looking for or drawn to or what I've considered um, success has changed as well. So like just going on like the past two years, so I've probably gone on like maybe like four or five dates with people, maybe four dates with people I've met online. And it's, it's really about like, do we flow together? Like, are we, is it easy like to talk to them? Um, do we, you know, how do we interact with each other and engage? Like maybe I think one person came over, we just had this like, we ordered Uber Eats and had like a picnic in my living room and it was just a lot of fun and we were just talking and talking so much we ended up spending the day together and then cooked together at night. But it was like, um, it was it was very innocent and it was very wholesome and there was no sort of like, there was no innuendo of like hooking up or there was nothing like that there. But in saying that, I, I think a couple of hours into us hanging out, he goes, oh, by the way, I'm actually, um, I'm actually moving to Cairns um, in, in two days. I was like, what? <laughs> but I think that I think what, what was in that was the fact that he was leaving made him feel that he could just be totally open and just go with the flow and just be really easy. And that's why things were easy. Cause I'm like, how amazing is this? Finally, someone's just relaxed. They just want to talk. They're cool to like jump in and do the dishes with me. There's nothing weird. He's not trying to do this, like hook up or anything anyway. But that was like, I think a really positive experience. And there has been other experiences where like the guys have, um, you know, we've ended up seeing each other for a couple of months or whatever. Um, but yeah, then a, then a few doozies. What would you say? Um, what would you say you've noticed about how you bring yourself to the sites and to the experience? Is there a difference when you um, come on and go off about what you're putting out there, and do you attract something similar to what you're putting out? Yeah, definitely. And it's and it's 
that changes massively. So recently I've gone, the reason I'm off it is like, I've realized that I would compromise even if it's to a small level. And I don't think it's about being harsh or being strict, but I realized that in conversations, because I don't, I don't drink alcohol. So it's funny because some people that doesn't matter at all. And sometimes you don't get asked, but other people, you know, in some situations they go, oh, wow, you know, you're no fun or what are we going to do? Because my life revolves around drinking. So it presents all these issues. But I, I realized that I was starting to um, try and like mold myself or constrict myself early on in these engage in like in these interactions with guys. So I'd be like, you know, oh, you know, sure, I can't eat gluten, but I know all these restaurants that we could go to that that I can eat it. And I was trying to kind of control it, but also make myself seem cool and palatable at the same time. And I was like, oh, this is so much effort. Like, you know, and I've really started to enjoy just meeting people naturally, like through work and through friends and stuff as well. But I think there's that level of compromise. But um, yeah, if, if we if we go online in a way that's, um, I mean, I think we can go go on there and be quite forthcoming. We don't have to go sit back and just go, oh, you know, I'll see what happens. And I'm going to, you know, we can say like, I want this, 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 and be a bit more like, you know, if you really know what you want, I feel like you will get that as well. So just for an example, if I, if I was to get online and be like, you know, I like, you know, I'd probably weave the, my values into like the chit chat that happens, like as in like, you know, profiles, you know, it says, what do you enjoy to, what do you like to do for fun? I'd say, I'd like to have deep conversations. So that kind of lets them know that I'm not just here to like, just, party or just float around and do nothing like I I like to connect I want to have conversations and then I would put in um, the selection box that I'm interested in a relationship because you can put that you're interested in casual or you're interested in marriage but even that's a minefield to be honest. In terms of the people you've met or not met or online or not online so this could be just in general Do you find that there is a conversation now that needs to happen about whether you're going to be exclusive and when you're just going to be seeing one person? Or is it just a given that at some point you like each other enough that you're just not going to see other people and just going to see how it goes? Okay, this is a good question because there's actually multiple stages of this whole process. So I think we used to have like courting and then dating and then marriage or whatever. I mean, but look, this is the way I see it. So there's a stage where you're like talking to people where you like, you know, you've got two interested parties and you're talking to people. That's a stage. Then you've got dating and then you've got exclusive after dating, but being exclusive is before being in a relationship. So there's actually a stage where you're like, we're exclusive. We're not seeing anybody else. It's just us. But you haven't said boyfriend, girlfriend yet. It's the whole other thing. Yes. So then you've got being in a relationship. Then you've got um, living together because that's a whole other thing, like a whole other milestone that people get to. Then you've got engaged. And then if you're so called lucky, then you're married. So, yeah, just wanted to get that, that straight up from the beginning. Like I've been in a, a serious relationship and this, my last 
serious relationship which was a live-in so I guess like on the scale this was like we'd gone past court like speaking to like we've gone past the talking phase, then the dating phase, and then the um, exclusive phase. And then we we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And then we live together. So I've got, I've made it to step five. So we were like, <laughs> we were living together, but I would say that on reflection of that relationship, besides all the other bits and pieces that kind of made it not work. I think the core thing was the fact that we weren't married because we were living together, but it was that sense of like, we both hadn't totally committed or jumped in we weren't doing any like long-term plans there wasn't that deep like oh this is us and what are we going to do together and how is this truly going to work as a team like as a partnership it was very much like this is what I want this is what you want and let's hope we both get what we want so that was quite a long time ago that was um um 10 years ago that we broke up but I don't know why we've added all these stages in but it makes it really difficult because it's like both people are like have their cards and they keep them close to their chest. And then they're like, hopefully if I play these cards, right, I'll get to the next stage. But then the other person might be going, Oh, well in this big long spectrum of stages we can go to, I'm going to keep you here because there's this and that, that I don't like about you. So you can prove yourself or, or maybe I'll keep you here because there might be other options, but look, when the conversations happen, uh, I think, I can kind of pick it up now, now that I've been dating for like 20 years, I can pick up when somebody really is interested in me and when they're not just through what they say and through how they act. So they'll be very keen to like lock it down, so to speak. So they'll, they'll speak of the future or they'll say stuff like when we do this or when we go here, or they'll be very keen to see you again. Yeah. I can just tell. It sounds like there's quite a bit of calculation involved, that everybody is calculating the other person's move and therefore calculating their own move. Yeah. Which I can imagine makes it really difficult to know that you, your nervous system doesn't settle. You don't, you can't yeah. actually be yourself in the relationship because you're constantly Paranoid. worried. Have I, have, yeah, have I gone too far ahead? I mean, it's just not, there's no flow. There's no flow. Well, and the, the messed up thing is that at any one of those stages, you can be having sex. Like that's the way that yeah. our current setup is. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that that's supportive for people. And if it, especially if, if those two people have in their minds two very different spaces on that spectrum of where they are, you know, it's a bit of a mess. It just feels unfair to either of the two bodies that are there who if everybody and I could be really wrong but I I assume that the people would like um to be to be met to be loved in full without this um you know version of love that means that I have to jump through your hoops for you to love me but they love for who they are um, and of course, you know, part of the marriage thing is that you accept me warts and all and sickness and in health and all that, the whole revolting contract that you have to sign up to. But it it doesn't feel like it's an allowing of someone to just be. It feels like there is a, by the way, you are now obligated because we're married to do all of these things. And I wonder if that's part of one of those stages that people reject because there's so little choice that everybody is now wanting that choice still. Yeah, and look, I think regardless of this so-called scale, which 
I think we look at it like it's lineal and we kind of go, but really what we're saying is in each of those moments, I give a certain part of myself to someone. So I'm either 20%, 30%, 40% and increasing to marriage, which is a hundred percent. So what I find is say, for example, like I caught up with, um, I went on a couple of dates with someone a few months ago and he was going overseas and like physical intimacy, just besides that, like we we caught up for dinner, we had a really nice time and I was going like, you know, great, let's enjoy each other's company. He goes, oh, wait, well, because I'm leaving, I don't want to get too attached. I don't want, or whatever the reason was, it's like, well, we're only at this part of the spectrum, but it stopped you from going like, a, like 100% in and just being all of yourself. And I'm not saying like, let's just jump into bed together and all that sort of stuff. It's like people, it's a measured way for people to kind of go, and it's almost like they're holding a cup of like 100% water and they're going, well, I'm only going to pour this much water onto that plant or whatever, like to, to allow it to grow, not realising if you go in at 100% and the other person's 100% and then you're going to have a freaking forest, you know, not a plant. <laughs> yeah, and actually even if you're working in different parts of the world or to different parts of the country, it's still okay. The relationship is still a relationship and yeah. it. It, it does reduce what a relationship is and what a connection is if you're constantly saying, well, I wonder how you're going to fit into my life. Do you fit into my life here, there? or And that's that, well, I'm not going to be exclusive because you might not fit into my life. Yeah. Back oh, to look, that calculating. Yeah. So with the whole exclusive thing, just going back to that, because that has been a feature of whatever discord, disharmony or has come up, I guess, in the past however many years. And I think it's perhaps I am living more compromised now, but because I remember like when I was super young, you'd have these connections with people and you just go, oh, well, I guess we're going to be in a relationship. And that's what a lot of people did do, I feel. Like you just connect and go, there wouldn't be much thought. But I think, you know, maybe you get burnt a certain amount of times because you'd say, and this is quite common, I think, for women especially, um, well, this is in heterosexual relationships. I can't speak to um, other relationships, but um, you know, you you experience a few heartbreaks because you'd be like, "Oh, well, we're going to be in a relationship, and we like each other," and the other person would be like, "Oh, no, no, no! Like that's too soon," or "I'm playing the field," or maybe I felt like even in some scenarios, like I met someone you know, we hit it off, we got along really well. I was like, that's it, we're in a relationship. And I think they saw me coming into their life as like, oh, this is just the beginning of the avalanche of women that are going to be coming to me now. So I better hold back. They, they were in a, um, they're a musician, like had their their career. And I think they wanted to be famous and whatever. They thought that they were going to get this whole other life after that. And it's funny just because we stayed friends and or stayed connected just via social media and stuff. And I think that, you know, hindsight's a great thing because I could look back and be like, oh, well, you know, we weren't together and I did like this person at the time, but we've gone in completely different directions. And I think they might be like, oh, well, we could have been in a relationship. What a wasted opportunity. That's the beauty, isn't it, of, of um where it's not a it's not a line it's actually a cycle because you're constantly offered the reflection of the decisions that you make in the calculation and then you walk through it and you go oh 
yeah, I, 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 as a musician, I thought I was going to be, you know, bombarded by all these women and I wanted all these choices, but actually now I'm, now I've walked through that a few times, I kind of come back to that, to that scent got with Hannah and it was more about connection. And actually I haven't had that in any of the people that have cycled through between times. There was something there. I see young people who um, are literally wondering if they're good enough for the person that they are, that they like, and how they can make themselves good enough that they become that person's focus. That to me is desperately sad, but it's their reality. So you have lived part of that. How, what can you share from your reflection of the cycle that you've been through and the many cycles you've been through? How do you reconcile that with yourself to say you either do or you don't want that? Gosh, look, I'm, um, I mean, I'd say I'm not completely free of that, as in, you know, am I good enough for this person sort of dialogue, getting all that. But ultimately, I connect with a lot of people now compared to what I used to. So I, you know, I, I talk to my neighbours, I talk to work colleagues, I, you know, we have eye contact when we're having conversations. And that kind of rolls into dating and all of that. And just being able to be completely free of just being in the moment and being free of calculation, I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off and then you're able just to kind of feel where things are truly at. Um, one of the reasons why I stepped back from online dating, I was last time I was on there maybe like two or three months ago, was that I noticed that it just felt so bleak out there. Like it felt like, I mean, not only was the calculation so massive, but it was like, I felt like, I don't know how we've gotten to this place, but guys really wanted me to perform for them, to like do something, to like impress them. And I was like, let's just calm down and have a conversation or let's just catch up or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not going to send you my resume and, you know, try and tick all your boxes just verbally, like, I find that really boring, but I think like that's where we've got to. It's like, it's that such that disconnection from feeling like feeling someone's essence and just going, Hey, like, can we just, are you the kind of person that I might accidentally miss my bedtime? Cause we keep talking. I love that benchmark. I might miss my bedtime because I'm so enjoying your company. How beautiful is it to just be in space rather than in time and to yeah. be in that flow yeah, absolutely. And what I noticed was I feel like I'm probably fresher and can be a bit more with ease with everything now So as at 34 than I was, say, at 23. Because I remember 23, I'd had a few years of having my heart broken and going, well, being this open and free isn't working. So I went full into, like, calculation of, like, okay, are they kind? Are they nice? Um, you know, are they, do they pay for the first date? Like, you know, you have all of these tick boxes and I was having all of these boxes ticked, but just on that one point of we were just talking about, about are you able to just to like have this conversation with them and enjoy their company? That was missing from that. So I feel like I tried to, you know, manage and calculate my way into these so-called, you know, good relationships you know they should not be abusive on paper 
they're this and they're that, but it's like, well, hang on, do you even click? So it sounds like we're talking about um, standards and about respect that, that if you are going to respect each other, then the space there's a space that opens up whereas actually the abuse is the calculation where you which we would never call abuse at all in 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 the sort of more obvious way but but that's our benchmark of abuse that's wrong in in a funny way because the harm and the pain that can lead from a relationship that doesn't go well because of all the calculation that's in it then has a ripple effect to every single relationship they go into until they clear that sense of abandonment or um, hurt that then becomes abusive relationships because you go, I'm not, I'm going to make sure I'm not hurt anymore, which means I'm going to, I'm going to um, be totally in control, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a, it's a control that leads to something that is far more, impactful in the very long term and in multiple other relationships and in multiple other parts of someone's life that it makes it very difficult to come back to where the seed of that um that that standard was so dropped that they abandoned themselves to allow that to happen to then perpetuate that that those future cycles i think look i think expectations is something that people will relate to because I feel like even calculation, it's so ingrained in our behaviours now that we don't even realise we're doing it, but we all mm-hmm. expect things. And I think there's this model of, hang on, where did all these expectations come from? Because I was actually having a chat with a girlfriend a couple months ago and we realised that we had these, these expectations, but not only expectations, but like that we deserved a certain relationship that we deserved a certain person because I feel like over the years and we can blame like the media or we can blame our ideals and society or whatever I think you kind of get fed this picture and it might be like okay well if you go to university then you'll get this job if you work really hard then you'll get your weekends off if you work this 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 then you will get that that and if you look a certain way you'll get a certain kind of man if you have a certain amount of money you'll get a certain kind of woman but there comes a point and I think this is where people over 30 get a bit bitter because they're like screw this I've just worked my butt off to meet all of these pictures and I'm not getting what I deserve and it's not fair because all of these people, like I'm looking, like how is that person? They're not as good looking as me, but they have this better looking partner. How is that fair? And you get into this this not fair thing. But those expectations are what weigh on each other when we go into dating because we're like, I well, there's a bit of going, I deserve something. Like, yeah. So it's no surprise if we just in that last offering I was going to call it a tirade I just go a bit Candace Owens sometimes like yeah (laughs) a good rant I I mean it was it was a fantastic rant um but what you highlighted was why people don't want to be exclusive because they deserve they what they deserve so they're holding out for it and yet the the expectations are coloring what you deserve and it doesn't have to even be from a place of being rude or arrogant. It might be being presented as being nice, but I feel like it's this kind of thing. Like, 
I actually, I'm even going to reveal it. Like I, there was, there's a friend of mine and we probably aren't that suitable, but we've been friends for years. We went to high school together and I actually kind of considered, I was like, oh, maybe we could be in a relationship because, you know, he's actually a really lovely guy, but I literally had the thought of, but he doesn't deserve me. That's not fair. Like, you know, because of whatever level of education or experience or status or whatever BS that I, and I was like, where did that thought come from? That's insane. Um, but yeah, if we, if we're walking into a date and we're measuring the other person, we've also measured ourselves. And how can we even measure ourselves? Like compared to what? Compared to like whatever standard we get told from the outside world is of value. And then we've like, we've been told what's apparently valuable. Then we measure ourselves. Then we're measuring them. Like it's just a recipe to not be happy, really. There's a lot to be said. And very accurately, you said at the beginning, like the whole exclusivity thing is one thing that people have to deal with. And the whole um, online app thing is one thing, you know, that it's a completely other topic. But I feel like at the end of the day, even though there's all these apparent, I don't think any of the problems we're experiencing are new. I feel like they're just magnified and then drawn out and made bigger. It's like, at the end of the day, just be yourself. And there you have it. A very practical offering that talks to the setup of calculation and expectation in dating and relationships and how Hannah has learned to live beyond the pictures. There is a sense of fairness that I spoke to as well. And, you know, I felt the injustice, but actually when you think that you deserve something, it's full of entitlement for the effort you've put in. And, you know, it comes back once again to pictures. So really, is it possible that it's more about coming back to that sense of honoring each other, which I feel is something that Hannah really, really spoke to as well. And I have to leave those last words to Hannah as she so simply states, just be yourself. Far less calculating and heaps less tiring.